Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Preseason pod two of four incoming, going over players in the mid price price bracket. What's up, dude? Yeah, mid price ready to get in there. There's all the good guys, all the best friends, and all the soups. All the good guys, bad guys, soup. Ah, oh, soups. So much soup to be had. Um, listener suggested, a patron suggested that we cha- that we announce what changed from episode to episode as we do the preseason pods, which I kind of like. There's not that much that actually changed from the preseason pod till now that we won't just like naturally cover by talking about the guys. But it seems like Bai is going to start the season, Moose said, which is good. It seems like Mendy might be fit or he's just a traveling merchant, which is come see, come saw. Ali Son is on Liverpool, so Karras is bye-bye and Valencia's hurt. I think that's basically it. From from last episode to now, yeah, of the premium guys, I think pretty of much. the premium guys. Yep, um, Walsh's Salah article that he mentioned on last pod is up on the website. It took me about a week to post it, but it's still up. It's a little bit outdated. It was written like two weeks ago, but the the idea and the structures are still pretty relevant. I think I'm seeing people at least in Slack and stuff are tinkering their team around the conversation, and then. Third and final announcement is exciting. We're we're gonna try our hand at like a little store action up. So it's gonna be up on the website. There'll be a you know a link on the top for a little shop. It's just gonna be hats on there for now. We're taking it for a spin, hoping it's fun. Hope you like them. And yeah, I mean, let's see what happens, right? Yeah, the hats are pretty cool. They're like kind of trucker hats, all logo on them. It's kind of like expensive, but it's also like shipping is a fucking nightmare. So we apologize for that. We're Taking a very little cut off the top, but um, you know, if you're into it, just give it a give it a whirl. Yeah, just planning on shipping to Finland, Australia, Southern yeah. India, and it's just yeah, like it's oh not, my it's god, not good, not good business when you're not in like a we're not like the Gap over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need fucking oh god factories all over. All right, so fuck all that. Should we just dive into mid price? Yeah, let's get into goalkeeping. Okay, so goalies, we're basically just covering all the fives, right? Yeah, just fives. Yeah, four, five, and below are budget for next week. So is anyone sticking out to you? Well, I think Leno is interesting, yeah. but you know, Arsenal a little bit, who knows. But I think what stands out to me are the potential moves. I mean, they're talking about Schmeichel going to Chelsea, who at five would be like a really good option. He'd be in um, every team. Yeah, and I I mean it's annoying with game going like Pickford's kind of interesting to me at 5 and then Pope is still there at 5. We always know what Burnley normally do. So those were kind of the main fives that stood out to me. Um what do you think? I'm curious. I want more from you on Pickford. I mean, Leno I I agree and I understand and Arsenal, I don't know. It's it always feels like their defense is like bottom five in the league, but you know they finish top six with cleans pretty much every year. And sometimes, what was it like two or three years ago? They they finished tops 
in the league and cleans. Like they obviously, I think three years ago. yeah, like they're obviously a good team and a top six team and a five zero goalie on on a top six team is is very tempting. Um, but we'll, it remains to be seen how their defense looks. I mean, yeah, Burnley. Fuck, man. Burnley, full disclaimer for the entire episode, we're kind of waiting on Europa League results before we dip into the Burnley tank, like we said last week. But, yeah, what, so what are your thoughts on Pickford? Because I, I see Everton and Marco Silva as not a good defensive place to invest. So what are you seeing there? I mean, I think it's similar to just the extrapolation of Silva's system with better players. Like they seem like a kind of team that if they're they have good players, which they do, that they can keep cleans by nature of just possession kind of. And Pickford's good. His distribution's good. His bon he's good on bonus points. Um only five five's just not that much for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Like it's a good price. It's it's there's value there, I think. And their opening fixtures are really good. So it's not like Reinventing the wheel is just, I think he's defensible if he was going to be playing game week one, which we don't know yet if that's going to be the case. But I just feel like if people are trying to skimp around, it's, it's like a good five million investment into Everton with good fixtures. I think Keane's five also will get there, but I just feel like he's okay. But I think Schmeichel, if he goes to Chelsea at five, is very interesting because that's a real cut price option for a Chelsea defender at five. Yeah, that's, that's very real, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned like with Pope and Burnley, it's just we know what they do until they reach 40 points. They just grind one nils and they keep cleans and they're great. But the Europa question is just looming too large. And they have really good fixtures for the first like couple months of the season. And it's very like likely that they will keep a fair share of clean sheets over that time. But I still just get so scared and worried about if they're playing a Thursday night game before the weekend yeah. and they have no squad and... It just seems like a risk not worth taking. So I'm until we know if they're in or out of Europa, I'm a full avoid on Burnley. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk more about many other Burnley players this episode. But last name, I guess, for me, that sticks out. I mean, there's Vorm, and maybe Hugo won't be back, and Vorm will start the season, but who knows. But Dubrovka is interesting. I mean, Newcastle couldn't possibly have worse fixtures. Game weeks one through eight, so that's a stay away. But we know their defense is really good, and me and you are obsessed with them. And when Dubrovka came in, he was fucking great. There's definitely a world where after their fixtures turn in game week nine, that Newcastle are just keeping cleans for fun, and their defense is you know top six or seven like it was last season, and he he might be great. Yeah, the main thing that I get upset about with the pricing there is that he's more expensive than three fourths of their backline. So I don't yeah, want to spend like extra on goalie. But the one thing, I mean, we have, and we'll see how the season goes. We're very much on big defense. But one thing in seasons past that we've talked about and sometimes dabbled with is like a very heavy defensive rotation on two teams where we go like goalie, two defenders, and goalie, two defenders, or like two and two. And we're mm-hmm. doing a rotation of like four or fives and stuff. So Newcastle, there could be a time in the season where there's like, you know, you have two Newcastle and two some other like Wolves or something. I don't know if there's like a window where you could go like, you know, do a little rotation there, which might be a thing. Because like you mentioned, I mean, Newcastle were kind of annoyingly like Spursing last year, get it, giving up one goal, exactly uh, one on goal a one game shot. for a while. Yeah, on like one or two shots. And their defensive underlying stats were so good, but they just weren't keeping that many cleans. Like, 
it is very reasonable to think that they're going to take a nice jump in clean sheets this year. And I mean, a main big problem that they had was fucking prosciutto face Bob Elliott playing in goal like Darlow. I mean, once Dubrovka came in, he really solidified the defense. Yeah, La- Lascelles captain missed some time. A little yeah. bit, but he missed some time. Lejeune missed Lejeune time. Missed everyone time. was hurt. Yeah. I mean, Domit, they need him to miss time, unfortunately, but yeah. he came back and they were, he was so fucking bad. Holy shit. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, Newcastle's interesting, but yeah, five though, like you're not going to fucking buy the Newcastle goalie over like Lane. No, that's insane. No, never, so, never, never. Yeah. yeah. It's just something to monitor if they're you know, taking a step forward, we will notice that game weeks one through eight, and then it's like time to invest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for goalies pretty much. Yeah, I mean, goalie the five million mark is just such a weird one because you're so close to just getting the top four def- goalie, and then you're also so close to just spending like, fuck it, I'm spending eight, five, and I'm going to get some piece of shit. Yeah, four, four or five, five and a non playing so. goalie. Yeah. yeah. So it's a tough price point. To, I haven't seen very many teams with five million goalkeepers so far. I mean, aside from yeah, I mean the the top three owned guys are De Gea, Fabianski, and Pickford, and it's just like English people. Yeah, it's just England fans. And Pickford was great in the World Cup, and and it, I feel like it's mostly based off of that than anything else. Yeah. Um, um, let's go to defense. Let's yeah. goalkeepers pretty. Quick one today. Yeah, pretty straightforward. So, what range are we talking about with defenders? Are we going to do five, five, five? Yeah, five, five, and five. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, holy okay. shit. There's fucking 500 guys, dude. Yeah, defense is a long one for the preseason matches. There's more defenders than other positions, it seems like. But, um, I mean, I guess instead of, yeah, not as originally. So, Arsenal, I mean, a lot of them are five, five, and then Klasnak at five. Um, what are you What are you looking at there? I mean, I am tempted. I think, I think they're a good team. Like, I like their squad a lot, and I believe in Emery. It's just, again, not sure I want to start the season there. I'm a little bit scared of of putting too much there um, to start the season. I don't have much else to say about it than that. I mean, I think there are good players, and if Kolasinac starts at left-back, he's probably going straight in my team if we get indications that he'll start at left-back in preseason, but Socrates, Mustafi will probably be the center-backs, and Belland will probably be the right-back, and they're all 5-5, five, five, and I probably just will not consider any of them, to be honest. Yeah, I think the 5-5 five, five point's just not worthy of an investment, given the uncertainty, and like Mustafi sucks. Socrates is really good, but... Until we know what they're up to, it doesn't seem like it's a good place to go. But I mean, I've tinkered a lot since we last talked. It's more just like to restructure a little bit. But I put Kalasnak in my team. I have him in right now. Because at five, I mean, you could you could kind of bench him. Like I'm planning to bench him for like you know the first game week if I go with him and start a four or five instead of him. But all this talk about Montreal being shipped out of town. If that happens, then you know he's obviously there. He's the only left back on the fucking team, basically. Has he so, been starting? I mean, they haven't really had preseason games, right? Yeah, they, I don't know. They had, I think they played like a couple, but they played like very like B weird ass teams. Yeah, well, they're, then, they're like official preseason matches haven't started yet. I'm looking yeah. it up. Like they have Atletico on the 26th, PSG on the 28th, Chelsea on the first, Sevilla on the fourth. So the yeah, that's where we'll get maybe some indication. Yeah, and I mean there could be value. It's I mean Mustafi's bad. Everyone that watches Arsenal know that he's a bad knows that he's a bad player and. It seems like Emery likes Chambers a lot. I don't know. I see him like playing in midfield or something strange. And Mavropanos, we still don't know what kind of a entity he is. But 
there could be a value there. I mean, Matt Verbrano's at five, Chambers at four or five. If, if either of them get in there, you know, that's also a pretty decent price point. Because yeah. if there's a five million option from the Arsenal defense, then that's very good to me. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. Like we said with, with Leno, it's the same thing. I mean, there's this perceived notion, sort of similar to Liverpool, honestly, that like Arsenal's just shitty at defending and like blah, blah, blah. Like Wenger's identity <laughs> of being sexy going forward and can't organize a defense and high line or whatever. But they will, without a doubt, be like top six and cleans around there, you know, and with upside of being top three, who knows? So, yeah, I think five is, is definitely worth it if someone's nailed. And Kolasinac, I mean, yeah. We know what he can do going forward for everyone who paid attention to the first third of last season. He's a fucking, he's so good in the final third. Yeah, he's really quality in the box. But it's also, they have those first two tough fixtures. I can see a lot of people getting Arsenal after, like early wild carders bringing in Arsenal players. But yeah. that's why I feel like being able to spend five on, on Klasenek if possible and then maybe hide him for one of the first two and, you know, whatever you can get by. And yeah. then you have him in for the long haul because he looks, if he will be starting, very, very attractive for a long time. I mean, he could be a long, a long term hold. So yeah, and he's Emery, the main guy Emery likes in. fullbacks who bomb on. Like I, I did research for last week or two weeks ago. I'm getting them all mixed up, but I looked back at his PSG teams and his Sevilla teams, and the fullbacks both sides were always putting up like pretty nice solid attacking numbers like always bombing on so that's good for him good for Kolasinac yeah um and then I guess next place there's a lot of five five guys is Chelsea I guess the game is similar when we get we'll get to City but they didn't really know who was going to be the center back partnership so they just put everyone at five five kind of and they also have Zappacosta and Emerson in at five five I mean, we still very very much don't know what the back four is going to be like. We don't know if Azpilicueta is going to be playing right back or center back. But, I mean, do any of these 5-5 five, five names stand out to you? We have Cahill, David Luiz, Christensen, center back. I mean, stick out to me? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like of all of these guys, Zappacosta at right back is probably the best chance of starting if Azpil is the center back. Mm-hmm. But... No, uh, not really anything. I mean, so much of these preseason pods is just like, this might happen, this might happen, this might happen, wait and see, you know? And it's just, I've, I don't know. I have no indication or, or strong feelings for Gaza, Louise, or Christensen. Do you? Yeah, is, is David Louise just like washed up? I mean, he's, because he's so good for fantasy. He takes like direct freeze and shit sometimes. He's yeah. always a set piece threat. Yeah, I, I mean, know. he's had such like a falling he's just, out. Yeah, he's falling out. He wasn't even on the Brazil squad. Like, he's, I don't know. Yeah, no no one kind of wants him. I mean, I definitely don't want Christensen. I cannot possibly endure another 58-minute Christensen sub. Yeah. Ugh, God. Those will um, come. Someone else will, will bring the early subs for you, no doubt. Uh, thanks, Juan. And then so over to City, that's the same thing. We have Stones, Company, Laporte, all at 5-5. Five, five. I've seen Laporte in a lot of teams because it looks very clear that he's going to be starting to begin with. Do you think it's like too short term or do you think there's something there? I mean, we should probably expand on this because I mean, we got some Slack questions about this too. Like, what, what do you think of that overall style of playing of 
getting guys that are short-term picks. Like Mr. Tools on Slack, he wrote a fucking thesis paper worth of questions as usual, but just picking the first one, he said, yay or nay to short-term picks. Example, taking Shaw, but knowing full well he'll get swapped to Lovren within a few weeks, or Martial knowing that he'll get swapped to, you know, whatever, a different 7-5. I know the simple answer is no, but I can see a serious case for getting a few in with the plans of replacing them when the World Cuppers are back, blah, blah, blah. Like, Laporte should start. Like we we all kind of concede that, but I I have a hard time wrapping my head around someone who's starting for I don't know one to four game weeks max is the, three three max probably. three max and and then you know you're booking a transfer in advance, which especially early season you like need all your transfers because there's so much fluctuation and there's all the bandwagons are happening and just having that guy that's essentially you're you're buying someone if you think about it like this it sounds even worse you're buying someone who you know game week three is going to be red with injury (laughs) why would you buy them i just don't i don't get it that's a disaster (laughs) I, I think there's something to be said about the difference. Like we're talking about Bayi versus Shaw. I mean, as like spoiler, I guess we would get there anyway. But in one hand, there's a realistic chance that Bayi could nail himself with his performances because you know people say that he's a better defender than Phil Jones anyway, and that it's just a matter of time before he makes that spot his own. Versus someone like Shaw or Laporte, where they're just placeholding for the World Cup guy who's just not fit. I mean, there's no chance that Ashley Young's not going to walk into the team when he's ready. So I don't like hate starting with Shaw if he's like your fourth or fifth defender and that's your only risk in defense. Like I don't hate like Martial like if he's your fourth mid and you have three other rock solid guys. Like I think if you have maybe one or two guys like the short term, it's it's okay as long as you understand the risks that come. I mean, if you really need to balance the rest of your team out to offset the risk that comes with that and the plan transfers that comes with that. The other thing is, you know, I, it's not the way that we play or advocate, but there is something to be said about the early wild cards. I mean, a lot of people feel like they take a few wild punts, they go shoot for the stars the first couple game weeks. And then when everything settles down, they use a wild card to make like a more informed decision on the team based on the early landscape. So, you know, some people get success from that. And if I that's. Think, I don't know. I was ahead. just going to say, I, th- I think more this year than years past, it's relevant because of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, you, we also have like the Arsenal thing with their first two bad fixtures and then amazing fixtures. So. I mean, it is a strategy. I, I, it's just not the way that I normally like playing. But you know, if you load your team up with like these 0.5 cheaper, def- like Shaw and Bai instead of Smalling or Valencia, you know, like there are cheaper options that you could exploit the World Cup guys that are missing, and then you could end up with like four, ten plus million players in your team. You know, that could be really sweet for a few weeks. You know, you could try and just hit the ground running and. Have like a five-digit rank after the first few, and then wild card, and just kick on from there. But I just think in general, you just need to really be careful about how many of these players you have, because if you're not wanting to wild card or, or early, then you know limiting them is important. I think. Yeah, I think like one, two max is is really like you're stretching your team really thin if you have two guys who 
in three-ish weeks' time will not be nailed. That That's yeah. just such a disaster. And, the, and the thing also is, like, when I look at, like, your examples, I think, are good examples, like Shaw and Martial as examples of, like, guys who won't be nailed but are on a pretty good team who and they they will be nailed to start the, the season. I think, like, someone like Martial or any – this applies for any attacker who fit these, like, short-term guys. I think there's so much more reason to punt on someone like Martial than to punt on someone like Shaw if you're going to just pick one or two short-term guys because – the ceiling for attacking players is just so much higher. You know, like you're not Shaw's not going to outscore the other nailed United defenders. Like maybe he gets like an assist, whatever. But like it's not going to be significant. But you compare Martial to other like seven five midfielders or something. Like he might start at striker for the first three weeks and score four goals. Like that's insane. Like you can't come close to that anywhere any other seven five. You know. So I think. Making your risks in the more attacking position, which is usually where you want to use your free transfers anyway, is definitely more advisable than using it on like defenders and goalies even, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the other thing too, I mean, when you're planning to use, have to use an early transfer, I mean, at least if you're going on a mid-price mid, you could jump ship and get someone who's flying up in price, who's, hit, who's just having a stormer. So I mean that never happens with like oh there's a five million defender that I have to get you know it's like I guess yeah, Hagazi last year was like the weirdest fucking phenomenon of life Who? Hagazi at the oh, beginning yeah, of the yeah, year yeah. I remember he scored like every week it was whatever but yeah I mean you do that but the other thing too to remember is like it's even worse if you're going with not three strikers because if you have a four or five striker in your team if you're going four four two three five two whatever. Then you already only have two bench guys, basically. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have a four or five who's playing. Kamara, maybe we'll see a full and by, but I don't, I don't think know if we're going to have a four or five guy. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you have a couple of punts like that, and then all of a sudden, like, you're down to 11. Yeah, right. Uh, it totally changes the structure of your 15. Like, you really can't afford to have punts in, your, in the fringes because those are the guys who are going to have to come in. As you use your free transfers in game weeks three, four, five to replace the fucking you know no, non-starters in your team, just yeah. to me, it's just a fucking headache that I'd rather avoid. But I, like I said, like someone like Martial or Alexis, or um, there's probably other guys that I'm blanking on who are you know high, high ceiling for a short-term punt. I think that's that's more reasonable. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a good job by you. So back um, to so, Laporte. I mean, I just don't. I don't see the point. <laughs> it's yeah, like, <laughs> like Mendy fine. is point five cheaper. They're, everyone's capable of finding point five. I'm not saying that Mendy's nailed or fit, but I'm imagining a world where he is, and everyone can find point five in their team. And he's way better, way higher potential because of his attacking intent, and he should be nailed when fit for the entire season versus Laporte, who's just. French for go fuck yourself, as we learned last year. I do think the one long term thing, I mean, he's Stone's like, someone has to fucking partner Otamendi. And I mean, it could be one guy. It might not be like Stone's company trading in and out or Laporte in and out. So that could emerge as a 5 5 city defender be. option. Yeah, yeah. It could be, it could but be. not initially, but just something to keep an eye on long term, not forget about. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there is no nailed partner for sure. Yeah. So then let's just go to United. We kind of touch over like Bayer five five looks like the standout five five now that we know he's going to start the season in the in the lineup. Um, and then Shaw is five. We know that he's gonna he's going to be starting while Young's making his way back. I mean, I had Bayer and I, I took him out. I'm getting a little bit sell shares of United defense honestly because. They're missing a lot of their fucking first team. And with the Valencia news, like I'm getting a little scared about it. So, I mean, right now I only have Smalling in, and I mean that might change, but Bayou does feel like a good pick, but it's again, like you mentioned, you can always find point five. Like I find point five for Smalling, and I just know I'm not gonna have to worry about that. Yeah. But right. I'm just because- a little bit getting a little bit nervous about having multiple United defense assets just because, you know, the spine's a little bit ripped out and you know i don't know might be too reactive yeah i mean it's the type of thing that i feel like preseason always goes back and forth and stuff but if there's anything moo can do it's utilize like under herrera and <laughs> fred and other bus merchants and just park it and and get the job done i, I don't know i have i have by and smalling in right now it feels pretty good i mean yeah by, I think, widely regarded amongst United fans, and it's my opinion as well, is definitely the best defender on the team. Um, for whatever reason, couldn't get back into the side last season. I don't know what to make of that. If he starts the season, I expect him to play well. I think he's fucking really, really good. So I feel like he'll just lock it down for the season. But you never know. Phil Jones is always there. So you had the Phil Jones shout before the season last year, and if you're shouting by I need to fucking follow you into the, <laughs> into the light because that was a huge call for you. You have you have your finger on the pulse of United defense center backs. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, and we then, should talk our half our slack are fucking United fans, so we should get yeah, their their pulse yeah. as well. And then I mean Shaw, yeah, we kind of it's just like you know you get a few games out of him, that's cool. But once Young comes back, it's just a transferring to happen. So. You know, planning like, oh, it'll be perfect swap to Lovren because he'll come back too, and it's it's like it just like doesn't work that way. I mean, we play the game many years, like you know that you're not like fucking sitting around like, gee, I wonder what I should do with my transfer on game week three. Yeah, it's not like game week two. Okay, my team's perfect. That's great because I only have one free transfer in game week three, and that's Shaw to Lovren. Awesome! Yeah. Like, yeah. never in the history of FBL has that ever happened. Yeah, it's tough. but I mean, again, it's like if you're really going for it and you have no problem doing the early wild card, I mean, Shaw should be in your team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he, he's fat as fuck, but he can cross the ball. It's the best left back in Europe, according to his manager. Yep. And we we've got Bands and Goldman at five five for Everton. Um, I just saw. Like, Everton sniffing around Dignay. How do you how do you say his name? Yeah, Dignay. Dignay is fucking French guy. Um, <laughs> Baines is old, and he's you know he's just getting old. I mean, running up and down the flank for a fucking a full season is definitely not happening. He can't stay fit when he has to be just like parked bus. So Coleman though at five five, I think is like pretty sexy. Yeah, I mean Coleman can't stay fit either, but when he is fit, he gets the fucking job done. Lane I mean, Baines yeah, thirty three, like. Yeah, yeah I, I had Coleman's last week, and and I and I noticed it perked your ears up when I said his name. 
Well, you know I love them. But the difference is like Baines has these little heel injuries that, that niggle for weeks and weeks. Coleman just like breaks his life. <laughs> so like when Coleman gets hurt, it's like he's out for six months. It's just so you don't have to worry about every it. muscle yeah. in a leg. Yeah. He's like, oh, his actual shoulder fell apart from his torso or his, his yeah. whatever the fuck. Oh but Coleman's just so good. I mean, he's so fucking good. Yeah, I love. That's Coleman. all you. Can, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he had four and four. He just r- routinely puts up like around seven combined goals and assists when he played. Like, and it's like you look at sixteen, seventeen, and fifteen, sixteen. Like he's playing twenty three hundred minutes those seasons. Back when he was playing three thousand minutes, it was just yeah. In thirteen, fourteen, six goals, two assists. In fourteen, fifteen, three goals, four assists. Should be most likely in a wing back situation, although I guess we don't really know yet with um, Silva. But yeah, I mean, I think like Coleman and PVA are kind of in the same conversation. I'm glad um, you. I was as just like was elite I was go. attacking five fives on non elite defenses. Although you, you can argue that Palace was pretty elite once Roy mm-hmm. started roaring. I mean, the term elite is extremely subjective, but yeah, I totally agree. I think they're very, very similar players. I mean, PVA also, I mean, he's got five goals and assists, five goals and assists, six goals, four assists, like five assists his last four seasons. That's crazy. That's a ridiculous attacking stat, attack number. And his underlying stats last year, like he was fucking shooting and getting the box like so much. So much. And yeah. it's just like the tough thing, right? We're balancing again, is we always talk about. Buy clean sheets first, and like when buy is at five five, we're like, what the fuck are we talking about? Getting an Everton or a Palace defender instead of that. But I mean, you've talked. I mean, I'm talking. About, I have PVA in my team right now. I'm like, I talk myself into it. I'm like, fuck, like yeah. he's so good. Yeah. It's like he's gonna score six or seven goals this year, and he's so fantastic. And he just fucking posts himself knocking in worldies in training. Creates his own FPL fucking page, whatever league. Oh, yeah, fuck. We got to get him on the fucking pod, dude. He's uh, like a real FPL merchant. He's just a lad. So, getting players like you could have like this insanely flair backline of like Robbo, PVA, Coleman, Kalasinak. Like, that's fun. It's so fun. It's really fun. So, God, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's so hard for me to weigh the. Way like I think Bai is a great example. Like if you're gonna tell me Bai is gonna start every match for Manchester United, I would say he's gonna get me a minimum of like sixteen or seventeen clean sheets and probably like almost no attacking returns or probably no attacking returns. How many points is it? Is that compared to PVA who will probably get between like ten and fourteen clean sheets, but have like. I don't even know, like eight to ten attacking returns. It's, well, I, it's the I clean should just sheets. actually do the math instead of asking you, but it's a lot <laughs> of points. Well, the, the main thing is with PVA that is interesting is, I mean, Palace obviously didn't keep clean sheets last season, but we did keep a fucking shit ton of clean sheets when we had Tompkins and Sacco in the middle. Yes. So if we are looking at that defense, then suddenly that's the, the Palace defense, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the, suddenly Palace defense is competent instead of a team that kept like under 10 clean sheets last season. So if they're going to be keeping under 10 clean sheets a season, you don't want the PVA in your team because you need a little bit of a backup plan to sometimes keep clean sheets. But like you're saying, if they're keeping over 10 in the 10 to 14 range, I, I mean, they, that's I think like. They should. They should, barring health, which is obviously yeah, it's other, another yeah. conversation, but. 
with that being the case, and same thing with like Everton. I mean, I think Everton can keep over ten clean sheets. I mean, maybe maybe we're we're having a little shifting sands here because the attacking threat of these players is is very difficult to replicate. I mean, someone like Mendy is maybe like the only name that comes to the top of my head of the top four teams of the defense that could really put forth like a seven total of of goals and assists throughout the whole season. You know. Uh, maybe like Robbo, maybe yeah, not. Robbo probably, but not the goals. His would yeah, be maybe, assists. Yeah. yeah, I mean PVA just like shoots. He cut, yeah, comes PVA inside. Is a he's fucking. Crazy. I don't know what his job is. He's just always up in the box. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's whatever. the late runner every time. <laughs> yeah, and same with Coleman. Like we've seen, I can just see it in my head when I close my eyes right now of just him cutting in on the right and just blasting a goal because he's <laughs> fucking insanely good. So I mean, these are fun guys, and obviously we're getting a little bit of carried away here as we discuss them. But I think it's it's just an interesting thing to think about and look at the numbers. So yeah, I mean, you look at Alonzo last season; he had seven goals, two assists, kind of the ballpark what we're talking about, the upside of PVA and Coleman. And while he was playing, Chelsea only kept thirteen clean. So and he finished with one hundred sixty-five points, which is a fucking boatload for a defender, number two in the game. So if if I'm not saying this is me, but if you're to believe that Everton and Palace are capable of keeping between like 10 and 13 clean sheets, then we're talking about two of the top scoring defenders in the game if things fall right and they're fit. Yeah, the one thing though, and I'll just come into mind, is like the nature of these mid table teams like Everton and Palace. Well, hopefully, Palace this year will be a mid table team, but. Normally, we really play the fixtures with them because they're definitely not fixture proof. Whereas, right. you know, the elite defenses, United, like they can clean against Spurs. Well, Spurs suck, but like, they could clean against any top four team. So, I mean, you're you're balancing like you're hoping you get an attacking return, but like Palace going to run with a few bad fixtures, like you don't want to be looking at PVA in your team every week, you know, because it just doesn't feel great. But so, you know, juggling how many transfers you have to spend there is also a hidden cost, maybe. That's true. The only the only thing is, like you said, balancing it with the attacking returns. You can't really afford to start your season with guys like PVA and Coleman and transfer them out when the fixtures that get bad yeah, because you're not you miss the attacking returns, right? Because you're getting them for attacking returns. The cleans are you know hopefully going to happen, but you're that's why you're paying extra money for them is for the attacking returns, and you don't know when they're going to come. Like yeah. they could score against fucking City, even though they concede four goals, and you're not going to have them because you transferred them out. That's not that's those strategies like butt heads. You can't yeah. like commit to one of those guys and then get rid of them. Yeah, you got to just ride them and hope that they get a fluke clue. I mean, we we did play very tight against the top four teams last season. We had yeah. some very late. We only gave up like one goal. We had like a late one to Spurs and so. All right. Anyway, so that's that's good bands. We're God, who makes exciting. fun of me in Slack? Who makes fun of me in Slack all the time when I'm saying we're going long? Probably Dave Cullen, that fucking piece I of shit. I think everyone loves it when you say we're going long. Right, but well, what, what are we at? We're at like clock. 34 minutes right now. We're not. We haven't bad. even finished defense. Yeah, you're right. We're halfway through. This <laughs> like, what are you talking either. about? All right, Maguire, like Lester Slaphead, just get the fuck out of my face. There's so many defenders, dude. Yeah, oh too my many. god. Um, Cresswell, like. West Ham, I'm starting to West Ham turning my head a little bit just because. Me too, but defensively, I mean, defensively not at all. But okay, good. 
So Whatever. we'll get to we'll get to Miz. Hold hold your horses. There's too many five million guys. Should we do this next? I'm just I'm just fives? scrolling through really quick. Let me give a scroll through. There's too many. There's just too Sean many Morrison is an absolute goal scoring legend machine on Cardiff. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> and then the Wolves have that dude Douglas is the wing back. Wing back. Yep. Sacco at five. Like, let's just throw some fives out and then move. On I with have our Sacco. Lives. He's. God, his bonus, his bones are like no bone has ever boned. He's just he he started. He's tied with Trippier for fourth amongst all defenders last season in bonus, but he played half a season. Like he's he almost has as many bones as like Phil fucking Bones Jones. Except Sacco plays like a thousand minutes and gets that many bones. So I'm, for a five zero. And someone I can start every week while the fixtures are good. Like we were just saying with Palace, like Sako doesn't have the attacking intent of, of PVA. Like I'm getting six points for, for every clean sheet. Between five and seven points for a clean sheet when every other defender in the game gets four points for a clean sheet. It's just like great. I feel like he's just like so good to have. Yeah, Sako's good. I mean, whenever we own him, he always does well for us until he dies. Yeah. Um, Keen at five. He had attacking in time when he was with Burnley. Looked like he got in a lot of end of headers. Yeah. But he had a lost season last year, but it's the kind of thing. I don't know. We might have a four or five Everton defender emerge at center back pairing with him, and then we got like Coleman at five five. He's a little bit a little lukewarm. Um, and then the Liverpool guys. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It seems like like with Spurs, they're just like let's just put everyone at six. Okay, great. Like any questionable Liverpool asset who could be rotated, they just price it. It's five. Yeah. But Lovren is someone that we expect to partner Van Dyke, who we both really like a lot. So he could be someone that maybe he'll go down to four nine or four eight, and then he might be someone we could buy early. Yeah, um, and, that, and then, that's a long term hold. Yeah, and then between Trent and Klein, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Trent's going to still? I mean, I've been reading like they're going to give Trent more time off and shit. What do you think? Yeah, I think Trent will start the majority of games. I think Trent will start all the important games, but Klein is there, and I think Klein will. Give Trent a rest when a rest is needed, or if there's a huge Champions League match and an e- easy quote unquote league match, then maybe Klein plays the league and Trent plays the Champions League. It, it's a little bit concerning for me. Um, and I know like the majority of people are on Trent, like he, his ownership is, is very high um, 17%. But I just am, I'm a little hesitant because Klein. I mean, he was literally injured for the entire season last year, so people forgot about him. But he's not good at going forward, but he's a really, really good defender. And sometimes you just need that. Um, we definitely needed it at times during, like, you know, against the top teams and stuff. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think people should sleep on Klein taking minutes away from Trent. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, then we got some weirdos like La Salas is good, but no bad fixtures. Bertram, like whatever. Why would you spend point five more on Cedric? And like, you I know, think, I think we're it. done with defense. Yeah, let's let's get out of here. So midfielders um, were going from Pogba, who's the only eight million mid in the game, to what six five? Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, cool. It's it's a good amount of guys. Yeah. So Paul, I mean, again, you know, he's not going to be ready, but fucking Paul, I'm not falling for this. This letting the horses run free again. I, I don't know. He's fucking destroys us in fantasy all the time. We, we buy him and he sucks. We ship him. He gets like a three assist game. It's just such a mind fuck. Yeah, it's a, it's in my like ten commandments to not <laughs> believe the hype or ever buy Paul again. But yeah, I mean, there's a chance that he's free and Fred, Fred and, pairs yeah. Montic or Herrera pairs Montic. I don't know. I don't really believe it. And 
people keep throwing out his like shot numbers and shit. Like, sure, he's really fucking bad at shooting. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit how much he shoots. It's not like an indication of how much he's going to score. It's it's just how many souvenirs little children are going to get behind the goal. It's a joke. <laughs> Whatever. Seven five. Um, seven five. A lot of interesting names at seven five. So Rambo. I mean, Rambo just like <laughs> <laughs> the way you started. I just I can like see the shitty grin on your face. It's just like Rambo. <sighs> I mean, I have him in my team. I I, I couldn't figure oh, okay. I couldn't figure out how to keep Ozil because everything was going south, and so I just put him in, and I'm just letting it sit. But. I mean, I get Ramsey before everyone else gets Ramsey, and I get Red Arrows before everyone else gets Red Arrows. That's a thing. He just ru- he ruins me. He's my actual <laughs> fantasy kryptonite. I can't go away from him, but it must be said his points per minute last season were up there among the like top five to seven midfielders in the game when he played. I mean, Emery like seems to like him, kind of like working around What's not him. not to like? Playing... What? What's not to like? Don't start with me. If he dyes his hair, I mean, he's in every team. <laughs> if he's goes producer Nate Bleach job, forget about it. He's my captain. captain. I would restructure it. Get rid of Salah because yeah, I'm auto-capping Ramsey. Get value in. Like, team's great. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's great. Arsenal are great. I mean, Mkhitaryan at seven is also looks fucking great. There's just, a, we're arse casting. I mean, we started waxing lyrical about fucking Laka last pod. Yeah. There's just like There's they just have really so good attackers. Much fucking value. Yeah, they're so mid-priced. Yeah, and I they mean, shouldn't be. It's like a miss, slight mispricing because they had a down year for one year. They have a new manager, reinforced squad. Ozil's cheaper than he's ever been. Rambo's cheap. Mick is cheap. It's just crazy with them. Laka's cheap. Yeah, I think Rambo. We just need more info. It's another one of those. Things. It's a new manager. We're not positive on the formation. They haven't been playing serious preseason matches at all yet. So we don't, we just don't know. I mean, Rambo could be fucking furthest forward central midfielder in a 4 3 3. He could be number 10 and Mezut could be left in a 4 2 3 1. Like there's, there's so many scenarios where we all put Ram- Rambo in our team, but. He could also not start and get shipped off. Like that's very real. It could be Shaka Torreira holding yeah. another midfielder. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, against top teams. Like if he's going to really manage the squad, and you know, yeah. But so I don't know. It's shaky. Just the the thing about Ramsey with like Ozil's a different category, I guess, just because he's his assist potential is just off the charts with his indirect set piece delivery and just how he is, but. I mean, Ramsey is just like the most selfish fuck for FPL. I mean, oh all God. he wants to do is get in the box and shoot. He will never pass, and he will only pass if it's going to be a tap into a teammate for an assist. Like having him in fantasy when he's on the pitch is just like he hits the bar all the time. It seems like yeah, he's but, an almost goal merchant or like almost but, chance merchant. Not even almost goal. It's like yeah. he's just constantly making that late run and like. A fucking six inch, a little bone, a little boner away from just a little tap in, or like a shin in, or a fucking volley from outside of the box that goes one foot over the bar. It's just like that's what he does, dude. Yeah, I mean, he underratedly put in seven goals in ten assists last season. Didn't even hit two thousand minutes. Like crazy, he does it when he plays. He does it. So I mean, it's been like kind of proven time and time again. 
Except for the time last season when I had him and he blew three times in a row and I got rid of him and then he started shipping in goals. But when he, when he plays, he returns. So if you, oh, if, man. Yeah, if no, you when he plays, him, he returns. That's just yeah. the thing. Yeah, he's, he's great. So Siggy also at 7-5 is like a little bit concerning because he's not playing yet. He hasn't really been playing in preseason yet. I saw some of the lads on Slack saying he's like knocked. I don't know. What's his deal? Yeah, there's like a little injury. He didn't go on like this weird... Portuguese tour, whatever they're on, but he's gonna supposed to join back up next tit or next. I don't know the lingo for preseason adventures. The next adventure, he'll be he'll be in the car. He'll be cast in the movie. But yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Like since last pod, I've gotten a lot more cold feet with Everton in general, just because. I struggle to name a single nailed midfielder or forward besides. Idrissa Ganagay, probably. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty in the team there. So and, and much it's uncertainty. Not, and I mean, the season's coming up really fast, and it's not like they're getting any time to play together, which is a concern. It's a new system, and then half the team were bombed out last year or injured. So, you know, they could they could struggle a little bit to, to settle early doors. Yeah, it would be one of those things where it'd be, it would just be so nice if there was some consistency in preseason with the lineup and like just as an example like if Tosun was just like banging them in for preseason I'd be like cool he's definitely nailed ahead in the ass but like I'm not even sure and like Siggy's not with them and Velocity wants to leave and Richardson's coming in for 50 million it's just like I'm just not sure I'm just like yeah. not no, sure what's fair. going on there it's fair. A lot of up in the air stuff, and it's too bad yeah. because they, if they don't capitalize on their early fixture run, we know how patient Everton fans are. So that could get interesting, dude. Their game week, like I'm looking way, way, way ahead. But yeah, let's just say there's a world they start slowly. It's not unreasonable. New manager, their like end of season is just <laughs> murderers row. Bring back Big Sam. Relegation central. Disaster, but I I like Silva and I I want him su- to succeed and I like so many of Everton's players, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. We, we'll get more info as the weeks as the weeks go by. Yeah, but yeah, I mean like Siggy, if Richarlison comes, there could be someone there. But yeah, yeah we we'll have to revisit Everton in, in a couple of weeks when we get some more preseason action coming in. Um, talk to you about uh, Naby Keita's been the darling of the preseason tour so far for Liverpool in uh, in the U.S. Yeah, I mean he's just so fucking good. He's just one of those do it all guys who just he'll win a lot of tackles. He's creating so many chances in preseason. He'll also bang a few in, like he you know he'll probably score between like five and nine goals or something like that, and approach double-digit assists and just be an absolute monster on bonus points. That said, there's still, like, the Fakir rumors. There's still other shit. Not sure how far forward he'll get. If if we were to buy someone like Fakir, he'll probably be a little deeper, be more, like, box-to-box. I'm not sure. I mean, like, I had him in my team for a while. I think four seven five, he will return really good value, and he'll absolutely be nailed. I'm just not 100% positive what his role is. Like Most of Liverpool's first-team attackers have not been playing, so he's creating a million chances, but a lot of them are not getting finished by, like, you know... Sturridge. 
No, I mean, Sturridge is the one guy who's actually finishing <laughs> everything. I'm talking about, like, fucking children. Like, Ryan Kent isn't finishing everything, but... I think Kaito's good. He's just really fucking good, and I'm not surprised if if he just ticks along as like a good value guy all season. He doesn't have like a huge high ceiling, but he has a high floor. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Martial. What do you What do you think? You think he's worth it? Yeah. I mean, I need more time to think about it, but I think if there's anyone, a seven-five midfielder on United who's probably going to play striker is like. The definition of worth it with the upside. It's just like if he's banging him in, like what? What's to say that you don't just give Rom an extra week off or something? You know, like Rom just had a really strenuous World Cup. Like if United are winning and free flowing and fly and Martial's dominating, like give Rom till after the international break in week five. Why not? Just just saying it's possible. And I don't know. He his like returns per minute are. Are just so high. Like whenever he subs on, it looks like he's going to score. Yeah, it's just the streaky nature of him is is difficult because you know we've seen him get subbed early and bombed out, and you know the rumors about him wanting to leave. But as things stand right now, yeah, I think you know seven five is it's not nothing. But if you're if you're slotting like a seven five in as your last midfielder, I think it's a it's a decent place to look. The fixtures aren't that bad. Obviously, United aren't going to be, you know, scoring four goals a game when you know all their good players are missing. But he's, I think he's a, he's an interesting pawn. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I'm it's personally going to go there, but I could I could talk myself into it if like something happens between now and, and game week one. You know, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where like you kind of want him to be streaky rather than consistent because you're buying such a short term punt that it's like. Yeah. There's the chance that he scores five goals in three games. Yeah, no, and it's fair. just like that's what you want. You want lightning in a bottle. Obviously, there's a chance where he's just like a complaining little bitch who sucks and loses possession and doesn't score any goals and gets subbed off at sixty every game. Like we've seen that Martial too. But you know, you're you're he's an upside play if you go there. And then there's so many seven fives and sevens to switch to. That it's like a pretty decent place to take a run. Yeah, take a I mean, Mctarian's really interesting to me at seven. I just feel like the stars are aligning for him to finally make good on his England promise because he's the type of player, you know, with the amount of quality that's going to be in front of him and the players that are going to be making these like little runs in behind. I mean, I could just see him getting like fucking fifteen assists this season, like no problem. Yeah, I mean, dude, he had nine assists in like very few minutes last season, like. And and a lot of them came when he was on Arsenal for you know second half. So, yeah, I think there's a reason his ownership is so ridiculously high, and it's because he's underpriced. I I have no idea why he's seven. Like why Rambo seven five, he's seven. Ozil's a million and a half more expensive. It just feels a little bit ridiculous with his track record and and how he performed last season. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, well, when that's the reaction, then we should probably make sure we put him in our teams. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, it seems like 4-3-3, he'll play on the right side. 4-2-3-1, he'll play on the right side. It seems like that position is his own, based on like talking to Nate and random pods and articles I've seen. But mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. 
Yeah, I okay. love him. Well, what about yeah. Bilva? He's the only seven five we didn't talk about. Oh, and I mean, and Willian. I don't know. Well, fuck Willian off the hell. I don't give a shit about him. Bilva's <laughs> like I don't know, like whatever. He he's so underwhelming for fantasy. Last season, I had him for a stretch. He just like he's like a different job every game, and he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> like I think he's classy, but for FPL, I'm like wanting him to like fucking shoot. I think he had a. He had a couple games last season. I, he just didn't even take a shot attempt. I'm just like, he yeah. dribbles around, makes a side pass. And it's like, I don't know, he's not going to be nailed. He might be nailed at some point, but there might be value at some point this season. He's still young. He's still growing into the team. But, I mean, I'm not even remotely interested in him. The length of his name is really good. The Bernardo, name. Mota, Viega, De Carvalho, E. Silva. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But uh, length Willi- of yeah, name William, doesn't get you I don't know. If oh, sorry, on, sorry nails him down. Sure, yeah, I see an upside there. There's definitely upside there. My upside there is in his uh, the six five counterpart Ladro. Yeah. Okay. We'll get yeah, there. So we'll let's get, let's keep going on the sevens then. So Gross is obviously great, great player, great guy, but the fixtures are just not good enough. At the beginning of the season, he's the kind of guy you know maybe game week eight their fixture run their fixtures turn. Uh, Brighton did buy some new guys. It would be interesting to see how they settle. Um, Still not that sure. I don't feel like I have a great read on Brighton, honestly, going into the season. I don't feel like I know what they're going to be doing. I mean, Hewitt kind of like shut them down and were defensively strong last season, but they're buying some like attackers, and I'm not sure how they're going to adapt there. And I'm a little bit concerned about Brighton this season, not going to lie. Yeah, they got a new forward, that guy Andone, or Andone, I'm not sure how to say it. They got... Um... They got Bernardo from Leipzig, who's supposed to be an improvement. I don't, I don't know. I like Brighton and I like Hutton and I like Gross. I feel like they're just like a pretty good team. Like they're just gonna be some similar to last season and just be pretty good. And I think Anton is a huge improvement on Murray, probably. And yeah, the thing with with Grob is like he's so he's such a long term guy. So you yeah. can't you don't want to get him with bad fixtures and stuff because you don't want to transfer him out. You want to get him and hold him for like ten weeks because you never know when he's gonna hat gonna get a hat trick of assists and it'll just come in some random game and so yeah I don't know he's good yeah he's a little like Erickson type right yeah. I guess he's because he trickles and you you need the trickle on the bonus points that that gets you that's get gets you where you want to be with him so yeah exactly I mean and I guess you could start with him for game week one I don't hate that because you know he's gonna just. Yeah, long term he will tick. If, yeah, like, if you're geez. if you're prepared to hold him, I mean they have United, Liverpool, Spurs, City for the first seven. Yikes! So you know, but he did get some returns last season against the top teams. So yeah, that sounds know. right. Um, Lingard seven, maybe one for the future. So I mean Spurs, they have like Lucas Moore's at seven, and then they have fucking what's is the Argentinian Lamella six five. They just extended him for some reason. Do you think there's? I'm seeing people like. Looking there, do you think there's anything there? What do you see? I'm not really interested in that at all. Yeah, me neither. Let's skip that. Um, Let's just skip. <laughs> Spurs fan rage, delete podcast, unsubscribe. Yeah, West Ham, though, I am enjoying I'm what they're cooking hard with. for West Ham. I mean, I'm like getting. I put Arnie back in. I'm like, I don't care I about have the Arnie fixtures. Too. Yeah, I mean, I was like, fucking. Yarmolenko is so good. I have loved him for years. I think he is. Just so classy. I absolutely love watching him play. And then Fleet Anderson's like spent a lot of money on him. He, he's got to yeah, be like he's fucking world class. Yeah, like he's got to be not even something exaggerating. Right. He's like KDB light. 
maybe not even that light. Like every fucking year for Lazio, I mean, he's always hurt. I should preface it with that. So like his numbers are kind of not that impressive. And then it's like he only started nine games last season and still put up those numbers. It's like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But he just consistently puts up like the most ridiculous, like, under underlying chances created like xg xa like all that shit he's just god of it and his his goals and assists follow i mean like i'm not sure yet if they'll be 433 or 4231 he always plays 4231 here do with city yeah i think they'll be 4231 and that would nail fully banners into the number 10 just right underneath he'll probably be arnie at striker god he's going to get so many fucking assists dude yeah, I mean, they still have like Antonio. Like, this, this is an interesting thing that I mean, just hearing and you talk about is this such is such a huge upgrade. Like the mid-price players in general. I mean, both at midfield and striker, it's like we have the second tier of the good teams. Like we're talking about, you know, I guess uh, Kaita and then yeah, like Lingard, and Lamella, and, and, and yeah, like Silva. these guys who are like okay, like you take maybe take a flyer if someone gets hurt and they're in the first team, like they run into points because they're playing on a good team, but like they're not like that good. But the thing is, like, and then with teams like West Ham or like, you know, Brighton, and, you know, we'll get to in a minute, Lester, like, Everton, all that shit, yeah. yeah, Leicester, Everton, Southampton, like other players in this bracket, like, you have to think about the supply and, and what the team is. And I mean, West Ham have a lot of upside right now. And we have never, I, I it's not we, I, I've never drank the West Ham Kool Aid. Like, I usually feel like I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop with them and they just suck. But like, Getting Armalenko and Flip Anderson are big games. And we saw what Arnie could do last season playing as number nine, reinvented himself. He's just had a level of clinicality last season of finishing his chances that he didn't really ever do with Stoke. I mean, it looks like he loves the fucking throwing the bars up. He's just like West Ham <laughs> through and through. Yeah, and he's, he's been banging him in in preseason too. Yeah, and like they have... They're very interesting to me. West they Ham have a lot very... of guys, and I, I don't. I want to keep emphasizing it. Like Pellegrini is a good manager. He's been successful for like twenty years of managing. I'm not even exaggerating. Like they spent a lot of money. They're still rumored to spend more money, and they bought really good guys. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like, I think when you look outside of the top six at the teams who are gonna probably score the most goals i think we've gotten used to leicester being up there maybe not anymore with no Mares. we've gotten used to palace they're probably still going to be up and around there we've gotten used to everton aside from last season but i think west ham are in that conversation just with yep. their quality yeah yeah west ham very interesting to me this season. very very again, interesting. again it must be so the fixtures are not not good they're so bad. <laughs> They're not good, but yeah, Pellegrino, so like you mentioned too, though, the thing about him is he's such a steady hand. Like Pellegrino. Oh yeah. Like they don't. He's just you know he, you know what you're going to get from him. The players I feel like can be settled in the system, and it, it could just be kind of like a cruise control type thing. And it seems like he has the quality where they'd be able to do some things, but. I mean, looking at those fixtures, like Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, Spurs, like a lot of shit in the beginning of the season. Okay, so then... Uh, but, but at the same time, we both have Arnie in right now, which is interesting because 
They could score against any any team to me. Especially like, that's the Arnie. Like, like Arnie has Arnie, yeah. proven this. Yeah. On the counter, it's just like he needs one and he's just off to the races and just finishes some like muscles the defender out, yeah. gets an angle and just blasts the top bin. He's so good. And that's so rare for any non top six team to basically essentially what we're saying is they're fixture proof. Yeah. Or and Arnie's, that's why, Arnie's and, fixture proof. And we'll that's crazy. The forwards, but we'll talk about him versus Tosun versus. And they got the Jack. Oh my god, I forgot they got Jack. <laughs> They're going to be so good. Oh my god. I can't believe you forgot about Jack. I can't forget about Jack. I mean, Pelly's definitely going to let him smoke as many fags as he wants in the locker room. No he's going to join him. Pelly <laughs> Green is the walking cigarette. He's going when they play Chelsea, dude, Sorry and Jack are just going to hang out oh. so hard smoking in the tunnel. Oh my! Yeah, it's like yeah, Big Sam used to or like invite people over for like wine, like the no, opposing like, managers. He just tries to give them like gum. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> fucking sorry, Pellegrini and Jack are just go to the. They just meet in the smoking lounge. And they just bake it out. Um. So Pedro and so six Fab now. in at six five there. Yeah, like. Pedro scored the last friendly. Hazard looks like he's maybe out the door. There could be an option for Chelsea. I mean, all of their midfielders, we talked about this a couple pods ago, but all of their midfielders, except for Hazard, are cheap as fuck. So if if they don't buy and some of them are starting and Sarri starts doing shit, there could be a good punt there. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested in both Fab and Pedro. I'm very interested in Chelsea in general. I mean, huge... Manager change is always interesting, especially when it's like three weeks from the season starting. But yeah, I mean, there's a pretty decent chance Pedro's in the in a front three and a four three three. Love that six five, crazy value. And there's a decent chance that Fab is the furthest attacking midfielder in a midfield three, like essentially number ten with Conte and Jorginho behind him. I love that. That's insane. That's, yeah, I mean, both that of those are is- just ludicrous value, and they might. Both be in all our teams after a couple weeks or something. Yeah, I mean, Fab being freed like that, not having to play defense. And I mean, the other thing is that we've been so ruined by these Chelsea assets is when Conte fucking subs these players whenever the fuck he wants. Like, we never had, like, he's playing 80 plus every game. He subs all these guys of 50, everybody except for like Hazard. No, Hazard. Absolutely Hazard. Yeah. Yeah, he did sub Hazard. So, I mean, we have to see, because if Sorry Flick finds out guys that he likes to ride, and it's any of these dudes, I mean... He it could rides be, them. Yeah, it could be a really good good deal for us. I mean, I think it, the pricing is very kind on the Chelsea assets, so a little excited there. Um, I mean, Walcott and Richarlison, we kind of talked about Everton. It's, it's a little bit of getting... I'm starting to get more off Everton as the, as the weeks yeah. pass, and West Ham keep buying more jacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. more jacks per 90. Uh, what else do you see in the six five? There's still about a lot of names. I mean, yeah, El Unusi is is kind of soupy and slack. People are on him on Southampton. I, I don't know that much about him, um, but I, I've heard he's really good. I'm of these guys. I'm kind of interested in James Madison. Yeah, just, it's just Lester. It's like what? Yeah, it's like it's. I have the same like feelings towards Leicester like they're so meh and like well I like but like whatever that we haven't seen that much out of them but outside of the top six Leicester scored like kind of by far the most goals like they had eight more than West Ham who's the 
who's the eighth highest scoring team, you know, like kind of under the radar. I feel like they're, they're outside of the top six, the most, the highest scoring team, probably for like three years running without us noticing. And no Mares, I mean, just nails Madison even further into the number 10, just underneath Vardy in a four, two, three, one for Puel. He's just like so fucking good. Like everything I've heard and seen and read about him is just like, he's, one good season away from being on a top six team. Like, he's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that interests me. Okay. Yeah, it, it, Leicester's just like, I don't know. They're just always a fuck because they're not a top six team. But Mara's Vardy are priced like they're on Liverpool. But then you've now they finally got rid of Mara's and they have a, a, a number 10 who's highly touted and he's only 6'5". Now I'm back to being interested, you know? Yep, no, I hear you. Okay, Madison, one to watch. I mean, Sessner is too expensive. Um, is he going to play forward or is he going to play left back? I think he's going to be playing in midfield, but I'm not that sure. Either way, 6-5, given like what his game's about, it seems like I don't know if he's going to make the step into the Premier League and just bang goals in like he did in the championship. I'm not yeah. sure. Fulham's I'm, not Ful- Wolves also. No, Fulham's not Wolves at all. And moving to Wolves, I mean, Jota is he's yes. a sexy guy. I mean, he's... I feel like with Madison, he's like seems more of like the creator, and, and Jotes is just like potentially playing striker. I mean, he creates a little bit, but he's just like a fucking bully who's just going to try and dong and chip players and be cheeky. He's in my um, team right now. You you have Jota still, yeah. I, I still have Richarlison that just as placeholder. But the more that we talk about this region and midfield, like this is why the pod probably makes me a worse FPL player. But like the more excited I get about these players, I just want to make have five of them. Because like it just feels like so many of these guys are going to be fucking sick, and then it's going to be game week six, and there's like one of them is good, and the rest are. I wonder if it would help us if we had like side side hose, like if we had like <laughs> what are they calling Sopranos again? The when side you have piece. Like, uh, no, Gumar. Yeah, if we just have like a Gumar team that's just all <laughs> six fives and just punts and just like insanity and hits, like would that help us be better husbands to our real team? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Jota is just so fucking sexy. Like, give me a fucking highlights, skills, goals compilation over any fucking porn you can find all day. His 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 shit from last season, a championship reel, is just like he's got every single skill and goal and thing in his locker is has been on was on display last season. Yeah, he's three footed. He's an he's absolute monster. I mean so good. the a Wolves fan slash friend of the pod tweeted like he DM'd us on Twitter just like his fucking thesis, everything ever about wolves. He was just like, I'm a huge fan of the pod. This is everything about wolves. Shout out to Ross Watson. For Jota, he said, I can't tell you how much you need him. He basically <laughs> plays up front, out of position, just generally at the center of everything. He's a magician. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Let's fucking go. As if I fucking needed that. Like, Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm live tinkering Jota back and fucking Rich Charleston can fuck himself. Yeah, come on, like, he's fucking. Um, I mean, I tech. I told you, I just fucking fell in love like a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Um, All right, yeah. so forwards. What are we doing? Did we? Yeah, do that's eight? it for men. So yeah, what are we doing for forwards? Did we do um, nine or eight or what do we do? What are we talking about? Here? I think we should just do. I guess like six five to Giroud. 
I mean, Giroud like, is same, same as midfielder price. I guess. How can Giroud possibly play? Did did we talk about Morata and Vardy last? I don't month? think so. But like, do we need Morata? Could be a thing. I, don't I think Morata has twenty goal ceiling and could be real if he plays and like if, they don't buy Higuain or whatever. Yeah, or if like, he's nailed and whatever, I'm very interested in Morata. That's okay. all we need to say about that. Um, I mean, Giroud, yeah, I mean, and Vardy. Do we, do you want to touch on him or? It's. I mean. Like everything I was just saying good about James Madison and the Mares sale is bad for Vardy, right? Yeah, I mean, and, it could just be change in his roles, whatever. I, he just like gets his goal somehow, but it just doesn't feel good spending nine on him at all. I've seen him in actually zero teams. I've never seen I him. I feel like team. he has no upside. No, of course not. I mean, but his upside is getting what he's been getting, sort of like, you know, 25 or so in the season is reliable. Yeah, I mean, he had 20 goals last season and 24 in the in the title winning season, 13 the year in between. I feel like yeah. between 20 and 13 and low number of assists is really where he'll sit and that's just like not that great for 9. And he's yeah. 31, like he's he's not like young. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, we're obviously nowhere near Vardy. Um, yeah. do you th- I mean, is there any chance Drew could play in that system? I don't know. I'm not intelligent enough to talk about sorry system in that way, but I think Giroud is really good at what he does, and therefore it's possible he plays in any system. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it it's going to be like weird if they mobility. don't like make another big splash purchase, which I, they're not like rumored. Other than Iguain, like they're not like rumored with that many guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what they're up to. Chelsea. No, yeah, no one, no one does. And anyway, so Giroud, like maybe I don't know. Eight's still a good price if he is playing. I mean, eight's yeah. not much, but um, I mean, this, the real talk here is the sevens with Zaha, Tosun, and, and Arnie. So, I mean, what are you looking at there? We both have Arnie right now. Yeah, so I had Tosun for a while. Aforementioned got cold feet kind of with Everton, and I was just like, I'm not sure yet. So I took him out and I put Arnie in. I mean, we don't really need to say that much more about Arnie aside from he's yeah, he's just really good and we fixture proof and we both like him. And if he's nailed at striker, which it seems like he will be, he's great. And Max from Slack wrote in Arnie versus Zaha versus Tosin, same thing. But yeah, yeah, Wilf is he's so good. Like I can't believe he's not on a fucking top four team at this point in his career, but it's not great that it seems like Roy is making him play wing. Like even when Bentek is hurt, Wilf's playing wide and Sorloth is playing and is playing forward. That's not ideal for him. No, I mean if if he, we were still in that four four two with him and Townsend kind of playing up top, he that's when he looked like scoring a goal game. But every when he plays fucking on, game he did yeah, score. Was, he did basically he did. But I mean when he's playing on wing, it's just the game can go by him. They can foul him out of the game easier. He's just less central. I mean, the game pass him by sometimes. He scored a ridiculous goal the other day, but I just don't think at seven, like unless if he is actually playing striker, that he's like better than Arnie. Arnie's underlying stats when he plays striker are ridiculous. Like he shoots Mental. so much, he's just better. Yeah. So yeah, yeah for me, it's Arnie there. I mean, yeah. and then again, I think Tosun too. It's just there's just uncertainty, and Arnie's uncertainty is that they just play hard teams. Like I, I feel like I've come full circle on the seven million, like. Argument and Arnie's just like so good. 
Yeah, it's one. And this is definitely one for two weeks from now. I wonder revisiting we'll be, it two we'll weeks be, from yeah. now if we'll have different feelings. I mean, maybe Zaha's playing up top by that. Maybe Tosun is banging them in and Siki's back and Everton look great. But as of now, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I just feel like Arnie is just so locked in and great and proven and playing striker that it's just that's what you want. And I mean, you also looking at these three teams, right? Like the supply for West Ham is at another level than Crystal Palace. We, we don't fucking create anything. Like we score goals on in, like one-off crazy plays, kind of. Like that's what we do, yeah. and then we just gum up the middle of the field for the rest of the time. And like Everton could do that, but everything is like way more fucked for Everton right now. I feel like than like even with West Ham, with even though they're buying some new names, but I just feel like like with with Pell there, it's like steady. Like they're just going to be like good. Yeah, they know. had a weird down year last season, West Ham, but like they they should be creating a lot. I expect them to create a lot yeah, of chances. Definitely, I definitely think so. I mean, with Jack, are you kidding me? Jack, Felipe Anderson distribution. Dude, you're Malenko. Oh, good. Oh, Yarmo cutting in on his fucking left foot. He's such a cut-in merchant. He's a yeah. fucking Robin merchant with no flopping. Yeah, yeah. Let's save, Rob, let's save, budget uh, Robin Sala merchant. Yeah, let's save 6-5 because we're going to have nothing to talk about for forwards next pod. Let's save that for budget. Okay, I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, um, there, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of guys there. Um, Fuck, man. Is there anything else? No, I mean, I think that was a, that was a good job by us. Let me see if there's any kind of like vague top. We are running along. I concede that. Most of the questions are about things that we covered. So that means we did a pretty good job. Um, you want to slap some anuses? Let me, let's do this one question from Andy and then I'll slap some asses and we'll get out of here. So Andy on Slack. More of an overall strategic topic, but it ties in perfectly with the mid-price bracket. A lot of people found success last year using a similarly priced defender like Alonzo in their starting lineup as their quote-unquote fourth mid instead of trying to hit correctly on that 6.5 to 7 million mid spot. This has always been one of my weak points, picking Ramsey, Tadic, Barkley type player, and it seems a more guaranteed use of the spot in your starting 11 on a defender it seems much easier to pick a good heavy defender than it is to guess correctly on those mid-price guys. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean we've, we've been yeah yes. I, I also uh, that's a weakness of my game. But then the, I'm also have been thinking about since we talked about this, or like more heavy defense, blah blah blah, like higher floor. Is like if you're gonna like really have a fucking sick season, then you need to you need to pick those mid-price midfielders. Like th- that's where you're going to get like huge gains, and that's where you're going to start the season like extremely well. Is if you hit on them because I feel like it's a wider net than mid price though. Like to, to have a huge season, it's not up to like seven five, which is like what we consider mid price. It's up to like nine. You know, like like for example, Salah and Sterling last season. You know, like you need to get in early and stick and hit cap yeah, like and all I, that shit. Like, and I agree with you, but for this point, I think you have to expand to like eight five or something, you know, because okay. it could be Ozil, Ozil. or something, yeah, you yeah, know, or, you know, it's not just like seven. And I think it's also an interesting thing. You could still do well both ways. I mean, you can hit captain and have all the heavy defense, and and it's going to be a safe thing, and you'll you'll do well. But like, if you get those those midfielders, like those are where you get, you know. If you get braces from your midfielders, like you're absolutely storming it. And jumping ship early, I feel like is something we maybe need to do a little bit, be a little more reactive this year because there is something to 
getting those guys once they show something and not like waiting too long and then the price rises and stuff like that. I mean, it might be better with those like more punty spots to really like buy early. Yeah, and I think going back to that really great question from last pod, I'm looking at the players at as like slots rather than like the names on the back of their kits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Taking your punt in a good slot is definitely a good strategy. We think you know, like taking your punt on a mid-priced midfielder where there's so many guys and a lot of them have high ceilings, albeit a lot of them have low floors too, is good because it allows you the flexibility to make that reactive move and jump on that early season bandwagon if it happens, which it usually does. Whereas like if you're structured with you know three premium mids, two really budget mids, and three forwards or something like that, and like Jota scores a brace in game week one, then it's like it's just more clunky. You have to like you have to double move to feel good about your move. Whereas if I'm sitting on fucking Walcott, I can just be like, okay, well, fuck Feo, like Jota in, you know, and, and just <laughs> yeah. make that sideways move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind as you like structure your team to also be aware of like like you said last pod, just where do I go if this and this happens? And what do I do if this guy sucks and this guy's not nailed, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, that's the toughest part of the game is, you know, picking, picking the players, Alon. Picking the guys. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. All right. Let me slap some asses. When, are, when does Patreon start charging again? September 1st. September 1st. So you got a lot more free Patreon time. Check out the Slack. You won't get charged. You can quit before we charge you. It doesn't fucking matter. But don't do get, that. I mean, you don't. You shouldn't because Slack is great. But maybe if you're an asshole, maybe you should do that. So I, I don't want to say don't do that. But it's a good. It's a good place to hang, talk. Everyone's awake all hours, all time zones. It's good. Patreon.com/slash/fmlpl. Check it out. Our new patrons for this week's pod. We got four of them. We got Jordan Blackley. We got Shamil Jelani, we got Dwayne, The Rock Francis, and we got Mikey Austin. Good job by you guys. Let me slap that ass. Good, good fucking thank you. Um, that's it, right? Yeah. So we'll do uh, we'll do budget next next week. Yeah, budget next week, and then just clusterfuck everything the week after the week the season starts. Holy fuck, it's so soon. Yeah, it's very soon. Check us out at fmlfpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlfpl. Support us at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. And cheers.